We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at New Smile. Just use the code PROSPORTS to get $150 off any of their teeth aligning kits. So turn up the dial on your smile with New Smile. Now on to the show. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm your host, Nee Wallace-Bruce, and I am joined by not only Mr. Corbett Duran, but also Justin Williams. Lads, how you doing? I'm doing well, and yourself? Great. Bobby, you there? Yeah, man, I'm doing better than Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, what the measurement is for that, but we'll all be doing better after today because we have a special guest. She is from the DMV, the East Coast and she is the host on Fox Sports Radio. She also does a lot with the Washington football team. I can't wait to get into so many sports in the DMV area. It's Kelsey Nicole Nicholson, otherwise known as KNN. KNN. Not Nicholson. How you doing, Kelsey? Nelson. Nelson. <laughs> I <Hi>. am doing <laughs> great. But yes, Nelson, the last name. I'm like, you married me to a whole nother person that I don't know, but it's okay. <laughs> But no, I'm excited to be here with you all. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, proud to represent the East Coast, which we like to call the best coast. Um, just a blast talking sports with you all and representing sports here in the DMV. No doubt about it. So let's get right into it. The Washington football team, they've had a bit of an up and down season. We are recording just after week four, and they had an epic finish against Atlanta. So tell us, what are your thoughts on the team so far? I will tell you, we have been celebrating Victory Monday here in D.C., and it's been needed. I think, you know, fans are expecting a lot from this Washington football team. At the beginning of the season, I was one of those people that said Washington football team is the team to beat in the NFC East. But lo and behold, look at what we've seen from the Dallas Cowboys and how they have emerged. And so I think now we're looking at Washington. I think there were many questions about what some thought beginning of the season was an unstoppable defense. And we've seen holes and we've seen gaps and we've seen them not being able to apply pressure. And then we saw this come from behind win in Atlanta. And that was a game that many thought that Washington would dominate on because the Atlanta Falcons are just not the greatest football team as of late. But I think I think there's a resurgence with this football team. I think there's a belief with this football team. And then I think we went from seeing Taylor Heineke last season as like a fairy tale in which he did a great playoff game against Tom Brady, but we didn't know if he could reciprocate that to thinking that we'd have Ryan Fitzpatrick. We all know what happened with Ryan Fitzpatrick and him going out for injury. To now Taylor Heineke being that guy that fans truly believe in. Fans think he's a dog, right? He's on he's on the football field and he gives his all. And I think they see that with Taylor Heineke, it's a guy that's always looking forward to improving. The team believes in him. I remember seeing the chances he came off the football field in Atlanta after that win with the Heineke chance. And fans have really come to love and adore him. And you have to remember, this is a Washington football team that hasn't had a 
solid quarterback, right? I mean, we've been through a lot of quarterbacks here in D.C., and I think we know with the offensive weapons that are there that the Washington football team can be great, and we want to see them play great. And I think defensive-wise, we want them to not just be reading the stats on paper, but to be living it um, on the field. So I think there's lots of joy with Washington. I will tell you, fans were a little bit worried uh, going into that game because I think if, if they had lost that game, it would have been really bad times in D.C. because the fans, again, they're expecting so much from this team. But within this division, I think they know it's going to be two-headed race between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team. So fans, fans are still there. Fans are still excited. And I think, you know, we're looking forward to the future in Washington. But I think that game, it, it regained fans back and gave them belief into this team that gave us so much hope after last season. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I've been holding off on buying a Chase Young jersey primarily because the team doesn't have an official name yet. You say it very well, okay? It rolls off your tongue. Obviously, you've had lots of practice. Yes. But but what's what's the feeling like in Washington when you have a football team you've supported for so long, but currently it does not really have a name? Yeah, you know, it's it's I'll tell you, I mean, growing up in the area, I mean, the Washington football team, D.C. is a football town. Do not let anybody tell you differently. Like Burgundy and Gold, it's a religion here. That's what football is. I compare it, you know, I used to spend my summers in Mississippi and New Orleans, and I know down south, football is a culture, but I'd say football is a culture here as well. And, you know, you grew up and you think about the hog days of Washington. You think about all the greats in RFK Stadium. And I think, you know, the, the name change, I think, was hard on some here. I think it was like 50-50. You know, there's some people who will still use the R word, formerly Redskins uh, name, because that's just what they believe in. And you'll still see a lot of that gear around DC. But I think there's another side that's looking forward to the future with this football team and turning the page and saying like, you know what, we don't have a name now, but fans are looking forward to being a part of that process. So many people submitted team name submissions. So many people are tweeting the team every day with logo suggestions and names. And I think they feel like they can be a part of that. I mean, if you know the DC area, DC uh, and DC residents actually got to help name our Washington Wizards team after they were having to go through a name change after being the Bullets team. Um, Then you think about a team like the G League and our G League team here at the Go-Go, which was a nod to Go-Go music here in D.C. And so I think many people here, you know, they're they're looking at the name and they want it to be something, I think, relevant to this area. So something relevant to D.C., but I will tell you, fans are more caring about this Washington football team winning and gaining respect back. I think a lot of fans feel disrespected at how the NFC East last year was laughed at. It was the joke of the league. And they're saying, hey, look, Look, Washington has a storied history. It's it's one of the most storied franchises there. Lots of history with this team. And they really want a team that they can back being proud of. So I think many people are looking at the name. But I honestly think it's more outsiders like laughing at the name. Where I think many fans here honestly have come to just say, hey, Washington football team, it's not so bad. I mean, it, it, is, what, it is what we are. We're still burgundy and gold. We're still rocking those color on game days. We still have so many traditions with tailgating. And so I think it's a, I think it's a top of mind for some, but I'm telling you, many fans, again, just want to win. And then especially seeing Dallas right now at the top of that division, it's always be Dallas and Washington. So I think that's what they're kind of more worried about. Well, I'm not a Cowboy fan, so I'm all, all in on Washington when it comes to that particular division. <laughs> do you feel like talking a little hockey quickly or do you want to stick to football? I haven't done as much hockey. I will be honest with you all. Because most of the time, usually in the D.C. area, and it's, you know, it's crazy. I haven't been to a Capitals game in a while, and it's something that I actually miss. But usually now I'm on assignment for football um, and basketball. And then I've even done some tennis here with our city open that was here um, this year. So apologies for that. Um, just going to quickly kind of touch on uh, just mainly just Ovechkin real quick. Do you feel like he is going to break 50 goals this season? 
I would say the fans in Washington because we love Ovi and he's like a king here. And I and I don't mean that like in a small sense. I would say po- it's possible. It's possible. I think anytime you say um, Ovi or Vetchen, I think there's a, like, I don't know what he can't do. There's a reason why you think of him as literally one of the greats um, in the game. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, again, I, if, if, it, if it's his name on it, I trust it. And there's not many people I can say that for. So I would say it's possible. And I'll tell you the fans here, I mean, adore and love them. And I think they they would agree. Well, I was going to say, you guys also know how to win and get past the first round, unlike Toronto. So that's, that's something else oh, to be sorry. proud of. No, no, I brought it up. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Actually, hold on. If I could jump in just one second. Uh, touching no. on the number of professional sports franchises that are within that area, mm-hmm. who has the community really latched onto the most? Yeah, I would definitely say the Washington. I would say, you know, I would say, honestly, it might depend on who you talk to, but I would say the Washington football team because they've been here so long and they have the long story history. And again, we just remember the glory days. And I'll tell you, even when you have someone like Joe Gibbs, who was here in Washington, who's still like beloved until like the end of time and is truly like a football god here in Washington, I would say them, but I'd say the Capitals are a close second. Um, and then I would probably put the Nationals, and then I would put the Wizards, and then I think I would put the Mystics, and I'm a big proponent of WNBA basketball, so I would love to see um, the Mystics go up, but I'd probably, I'd probably give that as my ranking for, for DMV sports. Are there any particular players that they've really embraced? Yeah, you know, I think, honestly, so we talked about one being Chase Young. I think, you know, even though Chase Young is like, I mean, new into the game, you look at somebody who's in his second year, like number 99 here, and I think this is why there was such big expectation for him. I will tell you, in this area, we really love our own, meaning we really embrace and love people from this area. So I think Chase Young is just young but beloved um, in this area, and even our football greats. Like, again, I do the show with Fred Smoot. People love Fred in this area. Clinton Portis is still love like anybody that played for Washington I would say is still love and I think this is why like Dwayne Haskins I think because he's one of our own in the whole saga that went down with him that's why it was so hurtful for so many football fans here because again we root for our own we love to see our own thrive he had hometown connections and roots and it just didn't work out right with our football team and so I think people really felt hurt um, by that but I think any football star here is is going to be just latched on to I'll say another one John Wall was beloved was oh. beloved here in Washington. Mm. So many fans, we all remember when he jumped on that scoreboard and started patting his chest and saying, you know, this is DC, like this is my town. And John Wall, that's why when the whole thing happened with him and him leaving, it was hurtful. It really was because, I mean, he became like our adopted son. We remember when he first brought out that Dougie when he became a Washington wizard his rookie year. Um, and it was just special. It was truly just special. And I, I think now, you know, now with the Wizards, especially with this new look Wizards team, you know, I think Bradley Bill is, is liked here. I wouldn't say he's beloved. I think, you know, a lot of people know he's had the team on his back. I will say when Russell Westbrook came here, even though it was for a short time, he also became loved here, which I think was a big moment um, for DC. And even, you know, talking about like leaders, Taylor Heineke is really becoming loved here in Washington, a quarterback that's really had to make a name for himself. But I think Washington fans embrace his story, a guy going from classes at ODU and, you know, a guy that was underrated. Nobody knew about him when he came into the game. And when Chase Young pointed to his jersey and started saying Heineke, I mean, it's really latched on to football fans here. And even going outside of fans, Ron Rivera as a coach, 
coach. And, and I don't think anybody comes close to Joe Gibbs, but they love Ron Rivera. Of course, his battle with cancer last year, I think even more people latched on to him, really rooting for him and really, I mean, him embracing that kind of underdog mentality and pushing through and still being for, there for the team as much as he could. And he was really there like relentlessly and the team really played for him and the fans wanted the team to win for him. Um, again, when DC loves you, it's like that real type of love. It's not that fake type of love. Again, John Wall, anytime he comes back here, he'll always be loved in DC um, because that's what it is. It, it's fans really loving the team. I think Ryan Kerrigan was another one that was loved here. And so I think, you know, the whole thing that happened with him even um, and him no longer being a Washington football team member, I think it was hurtful because he was actually another one that fans really loved and latched on to um, and was really able to kind of grow his fan base here. I could honestly go on and on. I'm telling you, anybody that rocks <laughs> burgundy and gold, like they will be loved by football fans because football is just, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing here in D.C. You won't walk into any sports bar without seeing Washington football team something in there. I'll say this, uh, one of the members of our team, Nee, was probably one yeah. of the greatest uh, Heineke supporters to Look begin the season because he wanted to see him lead the team over Fitzpatrick, right, Nee? Yeah, I personally think that the Washington team is just better place with Taylor Heineke. I know Fitzpatrick, he has those Fitz, mag Fitz magic games. If you play fantasy, you know what I'm talking about. But mm -hmm. he also has those Fitz tragic games, you know, where he throws yeah. his two or three picks and the coach has to take him out of the game. I think Washington, this is the year they need to get serious. And with mm -hmm. Heineke at the helm, he's a dog. Like you said, he, he showed it against Tampa Bay in, in the playoffs last season. He showed it on uh, Thursday night football against the Giants. Even when the chips are down, he doesn't give up. And that play he made to JD McKissick at the end of week four, that just shows that he's he, he, he goes down swinging or he gets you the clutch move. And that's what Washington needs in this division. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I think we all thought it would be Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you talked about it. We didn't want Fitz tragic. We wanted Fitz magic. And we just didn't know what we would get. And lo and behold, and Taylor Heineke has come. And now people are saying this is his team. When Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back, I think many fans will be disappointed if Ryan Fitzpatrick is put back into that starting position because they like what they are seeing from Taylor Heineke. And they truly are believing that he can get them kind of to that next level um, into where they need to go. And so I think that's what's exciting about his story because it's a guy and that was on nobody's radar at first coming out and we all know this quarterback cycle and saga that Washington has went through but finally I think they feel like they have someone that they can trust someone that they can believe in and someone that plays with his heart on his sleeve and really is trying to do this for the fans for the city and embracing and enjoying the journey along the way and I'll say one more thing about people who are beloved here he did leave Georgetown but Mac McClung was another player here College player, Georgetown, very loved here. And, of course, he went on and transferred to Texas Tech. But now playing with the Lakers, making that Lakers squad, a lot of people are also happy about Mac McClung um, and what he'll do in the NBA. Because when he was at Georgetown, he was that guy. He was that dude. And uh, many people still supporting him and wishing him the best in his NBA journey. Hey, Justin here. Thank you for listening to our podcast thus far. If you'd like to read about more exclusive content, you can follow us on Twitter at ppodcasters. Also on Twitter, you can connect with us via the messaging app, and we will have a conversation if we see fit. There we go. Now, speaking of NBA journey, what's your take on the, the Wizards for 2021? 
Yeah. Ooh, so this is a good question because I think so. I mean, the Wizards for a long time have just been disappointing. I don't think I'm surprising anybody saying that just because mm-hmm. it's like, come on, we want to be competitive in the East. And there's a reason why. I tell people this all the time, but it's hard to find a true Wizards fan. Like, it's very hard to find true Wizards fans because I think, unfortunately, because of how they've been playing, the Wizards have a fair amount of Fairweather fans. And so I think, you know, you look back to the glory days that the Bullets had, and, and that's not what the Wizards have had. And so they've been through a lot of change and turmoil. I think about the Ernie Grunfeld era and fans for so long we're calling for him to be gone and then you look at this wizard squad and if you haven't been following you might not know a lot of the players on this wizard squad because they added so many new faces of course bradley bill i think has taken that leadership role and many love bradley bill we know he's a great scorer you know him and steph curry dueling it out for the scoring leaders um in the nba but you look at the new faces on this squad right you look at kcp or spencer dinwiddie um montrez harrell and you look at what this team is trying to do and i think you see the Wizards are just saying, look, we have needed some people to support Bradley Bill. And I finally think that they've begun to do that. And it's honestly a pretty exciting time. Kyle Kuzma, I think, again, there's so many names that you're looking at and you're just like, hey, well, if the Wizards, we've been saying for a long time that like the Wizards have needed a big three. And the first it was John Wall and Bradley Bill. And of course, John Wall's gone and it's been. And last year it was Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook. But now Russell Westbrook is gone with the Lakers. And now I think they've seen, needed, saw that they've needed to add more than just that one piece. So honestly, I like the Wizards' chances right now. I'm not saying they're going to win the East, but I like them to be much more competitive with the roster that they, they have around them because I think they've added great two-way players that will be great on both offense and the defensive side of the basketball. And especially the defensive side is something I'm looking at because, again, it's a real thing. It's a real quote when Bradley said at one point last season that we can't guard a parked car. We do not want to go back to that Wizards defensive era um, in this new year. And so I think that's why the Wizards, again, focus on players that not only can shoot and score the ball, but they can also play some great defense. Wizards would love to hold teams below 100 points and really play Wizards basketball. So I think I'm super excited about this new era of the Wizards. I'm seeing more people rock Wizards jerseys. So that to me even says like more fans are believing in them and looking forward to the season. And also you have to look at the new head coach we have, Wes Unsell Jr. I mean, we know the legacy um, of Wes Unsell, what it meant to the Wizards franchise. But I think this new blood and this new voice that Wizards fans are truly feeling like this team is going to be a new team that's going to be bringing back winning ways to Washington and our basketball culture, which is important because as much as we love football here, we do love basketball. And I'm looking forward now to going to Wizards games and just seeing Wizards fans back in the stands because they once again believe in this basketball team. Right. Oh, right. Oh, we look forward to seeing some improvement on that. Cause yeah, like you said, they've been, they're a team that has always had that potential. Like I remember when it was Bradley Beal and John mm-hmm. Wall, and we thought this yeah. is this is the team. This is it. There's gonna be some capital punishment going on in the league, but it never <laughs> really transpired. But did you see Beal hanging around? You think maybe he could be traded to someone like I don't know Toronto? So I've said this for a long time on shows and people were like, Kelsey, come on. I said, Bradley Bill will stay in Washington. I will reiterate that again. For a long time, Bradley Bill wanted this to be his basketball team, but he had to compete with John Wall. And John Wall was our superstar in Washington. And lo and behold, with John Wall gone, he inherited the leadership of this team. And and I I tell this 
this to people all the time. Look, there's nowhere else where Bradley Bill could go in the NBA and be that guy, meaning that number one guy. He can go somewhere and be a number two option or a number three option. Bradley Bill is enjoying life as the number one option and this truly being his basketball team. So I do see Bradley Bill staying here when all the every time trade rumors go around for me, it's like DC politics. It's always something going on. But Bradley Bill staying here in Washington and I think he sees the organization is committed to bringing pieces around him that will help him get the job done that he wants to have done with the Washington Wizards. So I do not think we will see Bradley Bill gone anytime soon. I think he's enjoying this ride. He's enjoying his leadership with his team. And I think he's enjoying hopefully trying to get the Wizards over the hump and being again back competitive in the East. And one day at one point we were the district of champions. You think about DC bringing um, the championships with the Capitals and the Nets and the Mystics. Well, now we're waiting for our Washington football team and our Washington Wizards to catch up. So hopefully Bradley Bill can put some work into doing that. But again, I think he loves Washington. He loves this organization. And I don't think he sees himself anywhere else as long as Washington will listen to him and bring in the pieces that he needs. No doubt. And I think Toronto fans would love the Nationals even more if they could have beaten Boston, but we'll leave that for another day, right, Kobe? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if only, right? <laughs> <clears throat> yes. But look, happier times in Washington. I think, you know, again, we're looking forward to the football team turning the season around. Hopefully the Wizards having so we're I mean, honestly, the Wizards are a lot of question marks around, again, because all the new faces and just seeing how they'll fare. But I do think we're looking at an East that Washington could have a chance at. I think, you know, we look at the West and we know the teams in the West to beat. But in the East, you know, we're, we're looking at just everything happening. I think a lot of us are looking at what happens with Philadelphia and this whole, you know, Ben Simmons thing and, you know, where that will go. Uh, but I think in, in D.C., there's honestly pretty good spirits around what we have so far with our sports teams. So we're talking about the Washington Wizards for a bit. And as you guys know, you had that trade when you guys traded Russell Westbrook and you got Kyle Kuzma and uh, Montrez Harrell. How do you feel that they're going to add to the Wizards roster with Bradley Beal? Because Kyle Kuzma is 6'10 and just a beast and LeBron loves him. So you, you got just LeBron's said it. You. you just said it. Bradley's got help. And that's what he's needed. I think he's needed that help. He can't do it all alone. I think, you know, he tries to carry the team on his back as much as he can. But, you know, Bradley Bill's not going to be able to score 50 every single night he's out there on the court. And I think this is what we're and I think for Kyle Kuzma, honestly, it's going to be a resurgence and a chance for him to just really prove what he can be um, in the NBA. And I think Montrez Harrell, you, again, you talk about a guy who gives you can give you boards um, offensively, but also defensively can do some work and do some damage. And I think that's what Bradley Bill has been asking for. And I think this is, again, why this Wizard squad, I'm liking them as a more as a more complete team. And I think Bradley Bill, this is why, again, I think he's excited for it, but also fans um, are excited for it, especially because I know there's some questions surrounding Rui Hachimura. I think we all saw that he took um, he took out some time indefinitely for personal reasons. And so there's questions mm -hmm. around him and just what will happen. But again, we needed somebody that's shorthanded. I think, you know, I think back to a time in D.C. when we had Bradley Bill John Wall um, and and Paul Pierce. I don't know if you guys remember that era in Washington. I think that yes. was like the time that mm -hmm. foot on the line. I'm telling you, any DC sports fan will tell you we were a foot on the line away with that shot. And it was, you know, and I think since then we've been looking to kind of get back to that, and we just haven't. Because I think, I mean, I'm even thinking back to watching the Last Dance, and you know, they really didn't touch on Jordan's time in DC, but that was another good time in DC with basketball. But like, you know, to really think about good Wizards basketball, and again. 
talk about a guy who was beloved, then honestly, I'd say probably this was the most beloved guy in DC that there's ever been. And it was Agent Zero. It was Gilbert Arenas. Uh, Gilbert Arenas, I, I think, you know, growing up here, like, I mean, you saw Agent Zero jerseys everywhere. Everyone had one. But I think about his time here and Karan Butler and Antoine Jameson, like good Wizards basketball being played. And that's the point that we've been trying to get back to. And I say that to say, I'm not saying Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell will be that era of basketball. But again, I think we're looking at, we just have a more complete wizard squad. We have more shorthanded starters on this wizard squad. And then also we're looking at that bench and we're looking at more depth on that bench in this roster. And so I think there's some guys that will have to step up. But again, I think Bradley Bill is going to be looking at the guys next to him and really just seeing that he does not have to carry the load every night that he has help. And he has guys that will step up even when he has an off shooting night and that it's okay because the Wizards can still win even with Bradley Bill playing perfect basketball. Gotta love that answer. Kobe? <laughs> so, yeah, we've been talking a lot about assorted athletes. Let's talk a bit about yourself. What was it that got you huh. into actually sports reporting, sports broadcasting? Of course. So I think for me, so of course, I grew up here in the D.C. area and we have all the sports that you can imagine. Um, but then I sit my summers down south. And so I always say like I'm a Southern Belle and the DMV, kind of the best of both worlds. But for me, I'm a daddy's girl. I have a girl's dad. It's me and my sister. My dad loves sports. And I always share the story. My dad went to Grambling State University. If you know about Grambling State University, they have a storied football program. And that's yep. kind of what I first loved. So I grew up with Eddie Robinson posters in my room and Doug Williams posters in my room. And I just always loved sports. I was also tall, like growing up, I think I hit my, my growth spurt early. And so I played a bunch of sports. I did soccer, volleyball, basketball, basically anything that you can think of. I was playing. I did tennis. Um, it was just something that I loved and I always loved the competitive nature, even at Boys and Girls Club playing Foursquare and dodgeball and all of that stuff. Like I just loved it. I loved being around the game. And again, going to games with my dads. So we used to go to Ravens training camps and when they used to play in, um, when they used to practice in Westminster, Maryland. Um, and it was just great. Like I, those experiences, you know, are the ones I cherish most. And I think about even the professional athletes that I got to meet. And I always was just thinking like, wow, like these people are pretty cool um, and do a pretty cool job. And so it's something that I always wanted to be around. And honestly, I can't remember when I was ever not around the game. And so I think for me, just kind of being around that um, and getting exposed early to sports culture, you know, I went on to University of Maryland for the turtle. We're still hurting after that Iowa game because our football <laughs> program was looking good at first. Um, and of course, Maryland basketball too. I, really, I grew up going to Maryland games and then Georgetown games, um, you know, with John Thompson in that era and McDonough Arena and just so many great basketball players that like came through this area. Like if you don't like sports from this area, I don't know how, like where you're living because it, it's so ingrained into our culture. And again, there's so many great sports. We have so many colleges and universities in the area. I was going to all that. I mean, my dad, as much as we could, we're trying to go to all the different games and then also going to a great school like Georgetown University for grad school and got more great sports um, around it. So I think for me, it was just kind of second nature because I inherited everything from my father's. I think my dad, Joe Nelson, is the big reason why um, I got into sports. And even now, I'd say he's probably still my biggest supporter. Did you ever consider pursuing any particular sport professionally or no? So that's a great question. I would have loved to. So probably would have been basketball. I love basketball. But I really, I was injury prone, which is like kind of embarrassing to admit. But after a while, you realize you get injured a lot. And I love basketball. But I think for me as a female and just looking at the options, it's like, 
a lot of female players have to go through this is like, do you want to play overseas? Do you want to live overseas? And for me, I just didn't want to do that. And I think it's something, again, why I'm hoping we can grow the WNBA to have more opportunities for females. And I will also tell you, I got humbled at the University of Maryland because our girl, our women's basketball team is so great. I would have been a bench rider probably all four years that I was at Maryland because that's how great those girls are. And it's all that to say, like, I love the game, but I realize I also love journalism and telling the stories more. And that's kind of where my passion was. So I think like when I was little, I would have loved to be a professional athlete. But as I got older, especially in high school, I just realized, especially with just in terms of what I wanted to do, that I didn't see the professional kind of rank kind of being my thing, even though I would love to trade places with like a Naomi Osaka or Serena Williams <laughs> and another <laughs> life and just see like what it feels like to be them for a day. <laughs> oh, for, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, it's interesting to see. And just staying with the WNBA, the, the Mystics, they had quite a finish. They finished tied in the end with New York and the LA Sparks. They just missed out on the playoffs on tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. What can we expect from the Mystics in 2022, the next season? Yeah, I think the Mystics are a team that, you know, we expect to just be great. I mean, you think about someone like Elena Deladon, who we were so excited to get um, when she came here to Washington and Coach Tebow. And just, I mean, they have a solid squad. And again, you're right. It was heartbreaking. It was hurtful. And our Wizards, our, our Mystics diehard fans were truly hurt, um, I think, by that ending. But I think they're a team that we know will bounce back. They're not too far removed from their last championship. I think DC is expecting greatness. So honestly, I would say like, look out for them to be a squad that hopefully will be contenders. Um, I think they're watching this, you know, the playoffs happening now, like, dang, we should be there. But I think that's just going to fuel so much for them, um, just for them to be an even greater squad come this next season. But again, when you look at the Mystic squad, they're strong up top with their organization and their leadership. And then in terms of the player, they have a lot of talent there. And now just to think that they have more time to kind of get everything to mesh together. I would say the Washington Mystics, again, they're a team that I would I would keep an eye on my radar for all the WNBA fans come next season. For sure, for sure. And with the current uh, playoff series, now we're, now we're now down to the final four, the semifinals, if you will. Who's your t- tip to win it all in the WNBA this season? Well, first off, I have to give you all some props because I will tell you all, I go on probably a good amount of shows and the fact that like so many people for one aren't watching the WNBA playoffs, it's honestly hurtful. It's honestly hurtful. And again, I know football is going on, but it's like, come on, like there's... I mean, the WNBA, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch the playoffs, but we've actually seen some great playoff basketball. So you look Mm -hmm. at a team like Phoenix and Chicago, Connecticut, so many great teams. Oh, it's hard for me to like say, I think I'm going to go with, I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm going to take a chance. And I think I'm going to say Connecticut. (laughs) I I would have picked Connecticut. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Connecticut, but it's great basketball, right? I'm like, in addition to great football, we've had great basketball and it's like a reminder to so many. But I will say the great thing about the WNBA is their numbers are growing immensely. So many more people are watching. And now I think we're just waiting to get their arenas packed and making sure that they are able to play on their home courts um, just like any other team. But again, thank you all for mentioning the WNBA and their great play because you talk about just talented athletes. And that that's what we have, honestly, with this playoff format. And that's I'm just it. thankful that we get to watch this great basketball play out. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the Aces and Mercury game the other day, and the, the threes yeah. were dropping. Liz Cambridge is back. She's <laughs> oh, yes. you know, making moves. So it's really any any one of those four teams can win. But 
I'm not going to lie, I'm a touch biased because after speaking to a gentleman by the name of Michael Lyle, you may have heard yes. of him. I'm, yes. I'm going for the Connecticut Sun because I know he's <laughs> there down with yes. so. oh, You just made Mike <laughs> even happier because you know that it, you know that's a diehard for them. And they got two Terps on Connecticut, so I'm a little biased. Um, <laughs> but rooting for them, rooting for them. You know, I, I do wish the Terps would have gotten past Iowa this weekend, but we'll oh, let that we'll let that one slide. It's still so hurtful, you know. At home, we had the blackout game. We're feeling good about football, and then that happens. But you know what? Hopefully, they have a bounce back against Ohio State coming up. Them's the breaks, and yes, hopefully they do. <laughs> <laughs> be sure to join the Pro Sports Podcasters Facebook group, where you will be able to interact with the hosts and talk to other sports fans. Now back to the show. Yeah, so you're a recognized person in your community. You've been involved with generally all of the different major sports franchises. You're also a recognizable mm-hmm. voice on radio. Uh, being a woman of color in, in America, obviously, you've got a, a real sort of center of attention on you. What have you done in the mm-hmm. community to sort of raise awareness for things? That's, I mean, so I'll tell you all, like, as much as I love media and just so much of what I'm doing, I think it's my giving backward that that I appreciate the most, just because I think, you know, at the end of the day, all of these things that like, you know, we have, you can't take it with you. And I'm very big on, you know, all you can leave is your legacy. And so my favorite quote is, what we do in life echoes in eternity. And so I think for me, you know, I'm always a black woman first in all that I do. And I think about everything I'm doing to not only make room for myself, but to make room for other people coming behind me. And so like one of the things I've done now is I'm working a lot with Special Olympics. Um, Actually, we'll be doing a special project with them uh, for Eunice Kennedy Shriver celebrating what would be her 100th birthday. So happy, um, happy heavenly 100th birthday to her. But talking about inclusion, and I think, you know, with inclusion, it, it means so much. Um, with Special Olympics. And I got into that because I don't know how many people know this, but I actually had an uncle that had Down syndrome. Um, And so I know firsthand, you know, what it is to live with and appreciate um, people with intellectual disabilities and making sure that we treat them all the same. Something else that I'm involved in with the National Association of Black Black Journalists is I co-lead the NABJ Mentorship Committee. And essentially with that, like helping young journalists uh, be paired with veteran journalists to really get some help um, and aiding um, in the journalism industry. And I think it's so important because, you know, there's so many things that you have to navigate that you're trying to figure out. That this goes a long way. I'm also involved in our Washington Association of Black Journalists as the membership chair. So basically with that, just helping grow diverse voices in the DMV area um, in media. And then I also just do a lot of work. I have a community action project called Books Breaking Borders, Books to End Educational Bankruptcy. And what I do with that program is we look at illiteracy rates in black and brown communities. And we're doing a lot with helping kids get books and iPads and Kindles and everything else to make sure that they're able to read on grade level. And so that's been another one of my passion projects. And then I have about 10 mentees, uh, African-American women, and they are like my pride and joy um, with what they do. One of my mentees just got a scholarship from Facebook um, and NABJ for $10,000. I'm so, so proud of her and all that she's doing. Yes, I'm super excited for her. She's a college student right now in Detroit. Um, But just it's just helping kind of navigate the industry, reviewing their work. I just literally before this call connected with one of my other students, Donnie Ray, who just got a job with the Towson Sports Network. She's a student at Towson University. Um, And, you know, just trying to pursue and grow her broadcast career. And so I think for 
for me, it's like leading by example, but also making sure that you're giving and helping people find opportunities and making sure that we, you know, basically diversify our media workforce. One of my mentors is James Brown. And, you know, my favorite quote from him is diversity wins and inclusion matters. And that's something that's always in the back of my head, you know, working for the Washington football team. You know, it was never, I never forgot, you know, me being, I went to my first professional sporting games because my parents, my family, we got free tickets. That was the only way I was able to go. And, and, you know, being a black girl that went from the nosebleed seats to now working for the hometown football team that also happened to be the last football team to integrate, that also happened to be the football team that had the um, first African-American full-time female coach in Jennifer King. That's something that can't be forgotten. And that just tells you how you're open, opening the door for so many to come behind you. Like if you told me when I was a little girl at the Boys and Girls Club that one day I'd work for the Washington football team hosting three other shows, I wouldn't have believed you because I didn't get to see that um, growing up. I didn't get to see enough people, I think, that look like me growing up in positions that I wanted to be in. And, you know, I think about someone like Jane Kennedy, who is an icon for black women in sports media, who's also from this area and what she did. But you look at the numbers now, and we still have a long way to go. There was a recent diversity and media report card that came out, and it just shows that still women are lacking in sports media, and the number of African Amer- number of Black women in sports media is even smaller than that. So I think we continue to fight to have not only a seat at the table, but to be able to pull up our chairs, put our elbows down, and have a meal at the table, and make sure that when we leave the table, that our voices and thoughts are also being remembered at that table and being implemented within that table, and that we come back to the table with more diverse voices. And so basically, this is a long answer of saying, it's just a lot that I'm doing, I think. And you know, I'm one of those people that it's hard for me to say no to things when I know it's something that needs to be done. Um, but I enjoy it. I truly, truly do. And I, you know, I, sometimes I forget that like so many people look up to you, but then you get these notes from parents or from kids. And they're like, you know, I saw you do this and I saw you do that. Um, and it means a lot. Like, I'll tell you all just one quick story. I had a note from an NBC Sports Washington viewer, and it was a parent that thanked me. And she just said she hadn't seen a black woman in this area doing, like, sports coverage um, on TV on that station. And, you know, it was kind of taken aback by it at first. And I was just like, wow, you know, like, you are speaking volumes to someone. She sent me a picture of her daughter watching me on TV. And to see an image of a young black girl with natural hair watching me on TV, like, it meant a lot to me. And that's something, you know, that I'll never forget. And it's something um, about you just leading by example, that's going to be always so important. So basically, I'm just thankful to be where I am. And you know, I am the spiritual woman. I'm, I'm thankful that God saw me fit for this job. And I look forward to hopefully continuing. No, that's awesome. It's good to hear you're giving back. And obviously, you love doing what you're doing. And giving back is not a labor. It's it's a mm-hmm. love. So that's right. awesome to hear. Right. Yeah, of course. Wow, I don't know how I follow up with that question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so earlier, like just to kind of, I don't know, bring it back to like a little sillier, I suppose, but also still kind of a genuine question I have for you. What was Washington like when Wayne Rooney showed up for D.C.? Oh my gosh, so that's another great question. So Rain Rooney, so I think, you know, soccer culture is interesting here. I think D.C. United now is more... It's growing. Um, I think, you know, especially because D.C. has so many people now from so many parts of the world and so many parts of the country. And now that D.C. United has that beautiful brand new stadium that they're playing in an Audi field, I do think they have a great fan base. And I think when we came, I think people were just spoiled. Like, I mean, people were I think that's probably the most I heard D.C. United talked about. Uh, and then, like mainstream media was when Wayne Rooney arrived, just because you have someone that's established that the soccer world knows very well. Um, and that 
many people could just latch on to. And so I think when he was here, it was loved. More people at DC United games that probably didn't necessarily go to DC United games. And I'd say we were spoiled for a bit. I think I truly think we were spoiled for a bit. And I really think he did help grow the soccer, the soccer culture here in DC amongst kind of, I'd say like our, our American uh, sports fans, I think, which was pretty exciting. And I'll tell you, DC United and what they've done with that field um, and just some of the success that they've seen. It's been exciting in D.C. And you do see even more D.C. United jerseys um, going around D.C. area. And I, and I think we also just have so many new sports fans into the sport of soccer because of D.C. United. And I do think Wayne was a large reason behind that. So we were very, very, very excited when he came to D.C. Chelsea, one thing that you touched on before was, I guess, the sense that if you see it, you can be it. And I wouldn't be able to let you go without shouting out Mr. Doug Williams. Oh, I mean, my gosh, he was yes. the first African-American to win a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback, mm-hmm. and there's only been two that have come after mm-hmm. him, in Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. Now, is, is Doug still involved with the football team, or is he left the front office now? He's still involved with the football team, so he actually helps to advise team president Jason Wright, and I'll tell you, like, Doug being a part of the football team, I think, is so important. You know, what Doug did for this Washington football team franchise will never will never soon be forgotten. Uh, still a beloved character, very involved in the community, and people just, if you've ever talked to Doug, Doug is just a cool guy, like, very laid back, very humble, and I think Washington knows um um, that they they want to keep Doug in whatever sense that they can. So yes, he's still involved. Uh, still a great asset and resource to players, especially when you think about like someone that quarterbacks can actually talk to in Washington. When you have a guy like Doug, it's been great. And so I think Doug too was great because I think he blends uh, NFL culture with HBCU culture and so much more. And it's really like a great middle point for DC. And anywhere Doug goes, like people will still run up to him and they still want the autographs. They still want the picture because that's how loved uh, Doug Williams is. And, and I think he is just a glowing example of, of what black quarterbacks can be in the league. You know, you think about all the great black quarterbacks that we have. And then you look over next door to a place like Baltimore, you know, where you have Lamar Jackson uh, just continuing, honestly, to light the league on fire. And I think it's, it's so exciting. You know, when we look at the future of the NFL. You look at a guy like Kyler Murray. And, you know, so you mentioned Patrick Mahomes and just so many more. Um, you know, it's a great time. I mean, even, I mean, I know we have to see what plays out with the whole Deshaun Watson thing. But if you look at just his football skills solely, you know, another guy that's super talented on the football field um, that was getting things done. And so I think, you know, Doug started it, but I think, you know, he's blazed the path. And I think Washington's just so lucky to have that leadership and that guidance and a guy like Doug in the front office. No doubt about it. And yeah, like you said, it's just, it's so exciting to watch on a Sunday. I mean, two out of the last three MVPs, guys, you mentioned him, Mahomes and Lamar. Kyle Murray's potentially on the way there. Mm -hmm. It's it's just so good to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And they just continue to change the quarterback position even, you know, it's like, cause you know, they're not, they're not just pocket passers. There we go. There we go. And before we get you out of it, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about your show, Listen with Listen In with KNN. Of course. So yeah, Listen In with KNN is my podcast and radio show. I do it weekly. So I have audio shows that drop every Wednesday at noon. And I do two live stream shows, which we actually started during COVID and they've just continued to grow like crazy. But the live stream shows are every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time and every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Excellent. And if you do listen to the show, you'll hear a familiar voice from 
the one and only Professor Michael yes. Lyle, friend of our show, yes. friend of yours. He does my VOs. He's awesome. I have him working on one now. And I'll tell you, his VOs are awesome. And you'll hear that before every live stream show. That's what it's all about, lifting each other up. We rise together. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. We really appreciated your time today, Kelsey. And you can find Kelsey on Twitter at the real K Nelson. Kelsey, where can the good people find you on Instagram? Yeah, so same thing. I keep it like I'm a simple girl. Also on Instagram at the real K Nelson. Follow me on there. I still have so much to post. So please, please, please follow. Check out my shows there. We can do sports talk, banter with me, and so much more. Um, you'll see all my upcoming appearances where you can tap in with me. But follow. I'll follow back and we'll just have fun this sports season. You know, it feels great that we're in October, which is like a very fun time for sports fans because we have so much going on. And I want to talk about that with you, break news with you, break bread with you, and just have fun together along this journey. There we go. We appreciate that. So Kelsey is the host of The Fit, The Life, and Washington Unfiltered with the Washington NFL football team. And you can find her also on Fox Sports Radio. For today... I've been your host, Neil Spruce, joined by Corbett Durand and Justin Williams. Thank you for listening. Check out the show notes for additional information on today's podcast, as well as links to our social medias and a link to the Pro Sports Podcasters website. It's the first link on the list where you can find the email sign-up. Be the first to know about upcoming special events, as well as qualify for the giveaways with the Pro Sports Podcasters.